and welcome to episode 18 of the Backseat GM Podcast. I am Ben Rauman. And I'm Zach Withers and Sevens for duty. That's right. Wizards in seven. I mean, we all know I didn't. I didn't really mean it. I was just. I was just kind of memeing it. I was just kind of. That was. That was my long shot of the first round. I don't know. We might have to re-roll the tape and kind of see what uh, we were working with there. Uh, they were up in game. I seem to recall a lot of belief in Russell Westbrook. Um, a lot of belief in Robin Lopez. <laughs> there was some belief in Robin. <laughs> We'll talk about it when we do our breakdown, but they were up for a brief moment in game one mm. in the third quarter, I think, right? It was like 80 to mm. 70. It was kind of like, mm-hmm. ah. Yeah. But uh, we'll we'll get into that. We'll we'll take a big uh, big old bite out of that Philly cheesesteak <laughs> right. cheese later on. That's right. Um, but, yeah, we uh, the, the first round is almost wrapped up. We do have a game seven. Um, we do. Mavericks Clippers game six just wrapped up. Kawhi, uh, in Luca's words, destroyed them. So uh, talk a little about that, a little bit about that maybe. Um, but first, let's go to the Kevin McHale Wait, part of the show. Where usually we ask each other like how we're doing. That's like I look forward to that. Oh, all right, Zach. How, how are you doing? Uh, I don't know. I'm just kidding. We can go into the Kevin McHale. I was just no. I really I want to. How are you doing? We've already talked about it before. No. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing fine, Ben. It's a lie. I'm doing chugging chugging a beer at 11:47. Look in the mirror. Fucking piece of shit. I like that New York shirt that you got on. Yeah, it's my Sabrina. New York Liberty. Yeah, my Sabrina Ionescu shirt. Hell yeah. Noah, I got one, and then I didn't, you know, Noah got me, it wasn't Nike branded, it was like Fanatics branded, and Noah's like, they have a Nike brand, and you want me to get you that for Christmas? And I said, yes. So he got me my, my very own, and it's got the sponsor. Wow. On there, it's and official. Like you look, yeah, it's, and the, hey, the Liberty are not bad this year. They were bottom of the barrel last year. They're, I think they were second in their in their conference. Uh, I checked about a week ago. Um, I haven't had a chance a to watch too many of their games, because a lot of their games are like, either in the afternoon or, like, at 6. And it's kind of like it's dinner time, so it's kind of tough. But I've been watching some highlights, and she's been balling. She had a game winner a couple weeks ago. She's been wearing Kobe's every night. So Hell yeah. Go Sabrina. Go Sabrina. Um, yeah. Uh, How are you doing? No, pretty good. First week I, down, uh, corporate America? That's right. I am, well, two weeks down, oh, Two actually. weeks, yeah, that's... Second week into the job, Time flies. and then I got got a new car. Yes, got a white Toyota Corolla. Twenty fifteen, pretty excited about that one. Old faithful. Old faithful uh, bit the dust. The old two thousand one Highlander. Uh, you got a name for this new one? I'm workshopping still. Luca. I'll uh, could be Luca. Could be. It is white. Yeah. And pretty, pretty, uh, pretty skilled. Uh, <laughs> it's good, got good cornering, crafty cornering. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the fastest, but you know, it's, it's definitely crafty. Uh, oh man, you're going to be passing that car on to your kid one day. That's right. All right. That's right. Let's uh, uh 
I am ready. Okay. Let's go into our Kevin McAle. Mm. Part of the show where we talk about a beer that we picked and popped this week. Crafty Hops with Sneaky Athleticism. Zach, would you like to go first? Ben, thank you for... I feel like I've gone first the last, like, ten times of the Kevin McAle. And I'm not going to complain. You know. yeah, it's kind of just, you know, the way we do things. Way we do things. At this point, You're my, I don't think it's really... To give and take anymore. You're my John Stockton, and you're the one. That's right. I'm just feeding you in the post. Cracking <laughs> up those, uh, those, those, those jazz assists. You know. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, the three steps. The, the local scorekeeper is, uh, <laughs> well, the generous. The five dribbles. On the, uh, steps and the entry pass into the post, and then five seconds back to the basket. Full shot. Credit the assist to Stockton. Hey, if he makes only one move or one dribble after that, that's an assist. Be a little generous with the. Uh... <laughs> hey, someone's got to get on the ball. Um, <laughs> I don't know. If that was something that you that um that you had a beef with. The chest. I the chest. It's, 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 it's really not. I just hate the fucking chest. <laughs> Well, you and Vernon Maxwell both. Um, so the beer, let's go. I'm gonna go with the brewery this time. Um, as we all know, I love Stan Arnold, and I had a Stan Arnold juicy at the minute making. The office went to that. That was a fun little break. Um, got to miss a few calls, but it's all our clients for you know, baseball games. So it's fun. And um, so I had a nice, nice juicy from Stan A's there. They have their own little brewery. Bruce fan and Menemade, uh, but the brewery that I've been um, sampling lately is Spindletap. It's also a Newark Houston brand, uh, brewery, and uh, I started with Heavy Hands off a recommendation from one of my co-workers, and Heavy Hands Double IPA, one of the best double IPAs I've ever had. Just yeah, you, you put it as like a 4.75 on untapped, right? Uh, yeah, I think I did. Oh, I got a little emotional freaking out. So it was, uh, got a little heavy-handed with the uh, the rating. <laughs> My hand slid a little. <laughs> uh, then I went to their Houston Haze, which is just their single single haze. That was I was good. And now I'm drinking um, Pop Crusher, and this is this is one of those IPAs that's like it's good. It's not exquisite or anything, but it's just one of those beers that you don't pour when you drink it. You're just like, you know what? A 3.75, a little, little nightcap. It's got a little, a little bitter, a little grassy. But it's like the grassy, you know. So come to come to Houston for an IPA, maybe check out Spinita. Cool. Yeah. What about you, dude? Yeah. So I uh, Eagle Park is a brewery kind of near my house that I frequent um, at times. Uh, I, I go there and I, I get beer to go there a lot, but this time. Uh, I got some beer from the grocery store that happened to be there because they're doing some more distributing now around. They used to not really do a lot of distributing, but now they have started to. So I found Double Dry Half Immortal Soul uh, from Eagle Park Brewing. And it's their Citra and Mosaic Hop version. So they, they got multiple versions of a lot of beers that they do. Um, it's kind of like they have like a bunch of series type things. So... 
different hops, different styles, like, they'll have, like, version 8 of it, like, something. But anyway, yeah. Uh, this is a cool one, cool little can. It's got, like, a snake eating its own tail. Uh, and, uh, I'm a big DDH fan. Oh. Um, one of the best beers I've ever had is a DDH. Uh, it's the Odell, um, DDH beer. Uh, For the Mercer? Oh, yeah, no, no. Uh, the mango it's, their, it's just called DDH, it's, the, and it tastes like peach pie. Yeah, I don't know. Insane. There's just, a limited uh, release. Yeah. We, we both, like, depressing. looked at each other in the eyes for, like, 30 seconds after we both drank that. We had a moment together. I got that multiple times. I tried to get that as much as I could before it ended. But, uh, anyway, this is a good West Coast DDH. Um, super solid, super, super crushable. Uh, just an all-around good summer beer. Had it with some grilled chicken the other night. Pretty, pretty damn good. And then I uh, had another one before... I went to go watch the Clippers Mavericks game today at the bar. Uh, nice little little pregame, you know. But uh, really enjoy it. Really, really, Eagle Park refuses to miss. Wow, I haven't heard you. I mean, I feel like all through the winter I saw a lot of East Coast. Are they more of like that kind of winter beer? They're not really in the IPA. I got some more winter beers. Uh, yeah, East Troy Brewery is uh, a little bit more out west. It's like probably, a, I'd say, a 25-minute drive. Um, whereas Eagle Park is like a five-minute drive. Um, but Eagle Park does more sour beers, IPAs, um, they do some lighter stuff. Um, they have a couple other one, other styles, uh, like a couple port or a couple stouts, not really any porters. But uh, East Troy's a lot more well-rounded. They got a lot of like uh, ambers and red ales, scotch ales, porters, stouts, you know, you name it, um, IPAs. But uh, yeah, e- Eagle Park's more of a summer brewery, I'd say. Stuff that they do, and they got a nice like little outdoor patio and stuff. It's fun to go to. Um, so nice little oasis. That's right. You got you gotta have it. Gotta have the uh, gotta have the escape. But uh, let's move on to our airballing of grievances. The part of the show where Zach and I talk about something we need to get off our chest this week. Zach, what's something that? Uh, been grinding your gears lately. Well, I feel like we all kind of saw. I mean, this isn't ground groundbreaking airball grievances, but as you and as all the listeners know, Ben and I they're are, never they're never groundbreaking. They're never groundbreaking. <laughs> they're just reactions to pop culture, and that's where we shine, Ben. Is recycling headlines from major news sources. <laughs> um, we have our own breaking news every now and then. Um, anyway, um, so as you we guys... We specialize in deli breaking news. We mostly. do. We are... That's our corner. The deli corner, as mm-hmm. Bill Simmons would say. We're a niche podcast. In that we are. Way. But uh, go ahead. Um, as you guys all know, we we don't let LeBron have any free passes around here. And um, I, I get it. 
he, he's he's a little hobbled. I, I know he's not 100%. I know his team played like shit around him. Uh, I know AD went down and all that. But at one point in the fourth quarter, about nine minutes to go, they were down 10 points. Uh, I think eight minutes ago. They were down 10 points to the Suns. They're making a run. LeBron makes a couple good, really dr- good driving layups to get a couple good stops. And then Kyle Kuzma comes comes just motoring down <laughs> motoring down the down the lane left to right or right to left and throws up probably the worst floater I've ever seen in my life. He throws it up like off the top of the backboard, hits like hits like a bird, and then it hits a fan, ends up in the fan's popcorn, and then it, and then LeBron looks at the bench and then says, You know what, sub me out. They're down ten. And he sits down for a minute and a half, two minutes, and now they're down sixteen. And it's just like I've never seen um, besides LeBron giving up on other teams in the past, but I've never seen a player just like the game's within reach, and you just you just sub yourself out of the game like that. It's just um, it's just frustrating to see uh, as a fan of as a fan of integrity, as as a fan of honor. You're a big integrity. You're a big integrity guy. Absolutely. So that's my Irvine grievance, and um, I have this whole thing written down <laughs> instead of. Uh, on my lunch break today, I, I filled up like a whole a whole um, page of defending why – because people will say, oh, you know, Kobe would never, Jordan would never. And then people will be like, oh, well, Kobe gave up in game seven of the 2006 first round um, series against the Suns. They were up 3-1. Um, Suns came back and eventually won the series. But in game six, Kobe dropped 50. But I, I guess the crux of it is, you know, people say like, okay, yeah, he scored – I'm not going to go through the whole thing here. But he but to wrap it up. He scored 23 in the first half and only took three shots in the second half. Well, they were down 15 after the first half, and and the first and, and the two prior wins to um, their two last wins going into their their losses, he only shot 16 times a game, and a lot of it was speeding the post with Kwame Brown and the, the, the Suns were kind of caught off guard, expecting Kobe to take over the game, and and Lamar Odom so. It was kind of uh, going back to what worked, getting the team involved. So, uh, you know, it was kind of like Kobe was balling out and they were still down 15. So let's let's go back to what worked before. And then the game got out of hand in the third quarter. They were down 25 after the third quarter. So it's kind of like um, at that point, people were criticizing him all the time for shooting too much. So it's kind of like I, I think it was less of Kobe saying that fuck you to his teammates in the media and more of, Phil Jackson saying like, "Hey, let's let's try to get the teammates involved." And um, I have all these these stats and wind shares and bullshit like that, but um, I'm not gonna go into that. And that's just kind of my airborne agreements this week is LeBron checking himself. I, I get it; he's gone through shit. And um, but you know, from mocking the Suns to then checking himself out of a game that was a ten point game, it's just it, it doesn't. It's, as it's a sad. It's, it's a sad state of affairs. It's quite it's quite the turn. Because I think he can still play. At the beginning of this year, he was playing at an MVP level. The team was second in the West. It's not about that he can play. I, I genuinely think that he can still obviously play the game at an elite level. It's about effort. And that, if he's just declining because he's, he's old and tired, I respect that. He, he can go out. He's Probably a little legend. hurt. Probably a little hurt. But to, to give up like that, um, it pisses me off. Hmm. All right. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm stuck on one thing you said. Um, you mentioned 
I don't like when you smile like that. You mentioned Kuzma <laughs> throwing up the worst floater you've ever seen in your life, and this is just a couple weeks removed from Draymond uh, <laughs> throwing up a uh, a point blank floater that that was pretty bad. Sailed, sailed right of the rim. You see in three rims, and he aimed for the right one. <laughs> to, quote, to quote LeBron, uh, oh. but uh, that was pretty bad. But this was this was objectively worse. <laughs> he did have that nice little that little hook shot. <laughs> it's like this one made field goal in game. <laughs> the six. whole the whole series. <laughs> yeah, uh, I uh, I remember when Lakers fans were trying to say that Kuzma would be an All Star on his own with his own team. I heard a lot of Laker fans saying that. Yeah, I uh, wonder what happened to that. Hmm. It's kind of died down a little bit the last uh, couple years, but anywho, my grievance this week is, uh, and this is this is all the national media talking heads. There are a great majority of them. Um, Max Kellerman tweeted something about how. The NBA uh, must not be too happy about there not being a New York-LA finals uh, in the future necessarily. And like the fact that these smaller market teams are the ones that are, you know, ending up on top. You know, you got Denver, you got Phoenix, you got Milwaukee, Utah, um, and, you know, all these media talking heads are complaining about the Lakers going out early and the Clippers looking rough. Um, the Knicks going out early. Warriors uh, too. The Warriors. Um, and just, you know, kind of complaining that those, the, the old regime is no longer going to be, you know, in the finals and the big markets might not necessarily be in the finals. Um, talking about ratings and shit. It's fucking bullshit. Like, it, it it's ESPN wanting to make as much money as possible. They don't care about the basketball. They care about social media clicks and buzz. Like, yeah, you're gonna get the most if you're gonna talk if you're talking about LeBron James because you're talking about the huge population in the LA area who is gonna eat it up, and then you got. Everybody else, he's going to hate on it and comment that ESPN only talks about the Lakers, ESPN only talks about the Knicks and, and, you know, the Brooklyn Nets. And, you know, for actual fans of the NBA, this is going to be one of the best playoffs ever. You got Brooklyn, Milwaukee. It's like one of, that's probably the best series in the playoffs, like, like for, for the rest of the playoffs. Like, that could be a finals matchup right there. Like, if they were in, separate conferences, both those teams would probably be making the finals. No question. And then you got a great series like Denver and Phoenix. Like, who knows what's going to happen in that series? That That's awesome. You got up-and-coming star with Booker. You got Chris Paul trying to, you know, get to his – get to a finals finally. You got Jokic, who's going to be the reigning MVP. Um, and, you know, this Nuggets team that's kind of rallied since Michael – or since uh, Jamal Murray's gone down, Michael Porter Jr.'s having a hell of a hell hell of a year. Um, it's just you know great storylines with that series. Like Utah is having a hell of a season, and then you got if whether 
it be the Clippers or the Mavericks that end up pulling it out in Game 7, like, that's a great series, too. Um, the only series you could maybe complain about is Philly-Atlanta, and that's mainly because Embiid is hurt. Um, but, you know, with Embiid hurt, it's kind of a series now. Like, the Hawks could arguably beat the Sixers if Embiid doesn't play. Um, so, like, if you're a fan of basketball, if you're a fan of the NBA, and not just somebody who, you know, is just along for the ride with the Lakers or the a New York team, like, this is one of the best postseasons you're going to have. Like, this is insane. Super good series. So I'm just, I'm sick of all the talking heads complaining that the LA and New York teams aren't top tier. I couldn't agree more. And last finals, we had LeBron in there, and it was one of the worst finals record, finals ratings we've ever seen. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I think, and all this, oh, New York, it's Mecca basketball. It's just like, with, obviously we talked about this before, and you brought it up before to me. It's like, with social media, and with, 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 just the spread of knowledge in the NBA that every team is relevant. And the New York Knicks were, were shit all this time. And whether the Knicks were playing the 76ers or the Hawks were playing the 76ers, then it doesn't – I mean, both of those are not, like, finals teams. So it's not like the Knicks – like, not like basketball suffered all those years when the Knicks were bad, all the way from 71 to Patrick Ewing. Like, and after Patrick Ewing to whatever they have now, and maybe a little bit of mellow and insanity. Like, it's just like – Basketball's fine without the Knicks. And then Golden State was a small market until Steph mm-hmm. and them came along. So yep. Golden State was a small market. Or we, did we complain about them? And then we, we complained about them dominating for too long. Mm-hmm. And then now we have one of the, like, besides the Nets, one of the best, equi- like, all these teams are taking each other to, except for the Bucks playing the, the Heat. But all these series are very competitive, and it's good to watch. I don't, I'm, I'm with you, man. Yeah. And, like, the Knicks... So many small market franchises have had better like have had better histories than the fucking New York Knicks when they've had every <laughs> asset available to them with the market. Um, yeah. So it's so like I don't even know why we even talk about them anymore. They're they're terrible, <laughs> awful organization. Worst owner in sports. Yeah, yeah, he's up there. He's he's definitely top three, if not top one. Uh, Sarver was pretty bad too. And then it's Phoenix, right? Looking yeah, Phoenix. yeah. Dolan sucks though. And then I mean, you had I mean you could make the argument that Donald Sterling. <laughs> well, yeah. He's uh, yeah, he's, he's up there. He's up there. Um, you can make the argument of all the Green Bay, all the people in Green Bay, who's just a shitty franchise that they own. Uh, he's it there. He's it there. Southerner. Okay. okay. Got the big market Patriots taking cheap shots at the small market Green Bay. That's like the Foxborough. Like it's a it's a shithole. It's it's, in a, it's by a neighborhood, and it was a great team. We'll see if it's a good good team in the future. It's, it's a, basically a Boston. Market. It's a Boston franchise. Well, Boston's smaller than New York, L.A., Chicago, Houston. It's a big market still. It's a bigger market, yeah. It's, it's big bigger market. than Milwaukee. It's bigger, yeah. bigger than Philadelphia, too. Like, And Philadelphia is considered a big market. And, and Chicago, no one cares. Like, Chicago's the third largest city in America. And people never, like, oh, the Bulls aren't good anymore. No one gives a fuck. 
Houston's the fourth largest city in America, and no one gives a fuck about the Rockets. It's the coasts. Yeah. It's a coastal thing. I mean... But you have the Sacramento Queens, and, and they're, no one gives a fuck about them. Yeah, but, I mean, that's because you got the prestige of the Lakers. Nobody gives a fuck about the Clippers, either. And they're in until, the same city. Uh, until now. I mean, even now... I mean, players. Seven, oh, well, 80% of, 80% of people in L.A. are Lakers fans or Clippers oh, yeah. fans, if not because more. Because of Kobe and Magic. I mean, you grew up with either Magic or Kobe, and then you're... Well, right. I mean, they. I mean, and Kareem, and... Well, I mean, like, well, yeah. Those yeah, eras. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, okay. Anyway, let's move on to... I love when we both agree on something, by the way. <laughs> I love it. Love, love it when we, we gel. both agree on we both agree on LeBron and small market. Mm. <laughs> That's why we bring it up every podcast. <laughs> uh, All right, let's move on to some notable news uh, that's happened okay. since we've last talked. Um, yes. So most of the first round is over. We just got one game to go. Uh, we got some second round games. All right. I think one only one one second round game Bucks Nets tomorrow. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff has happened in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, we got some rabid fans out here, Zach. Uh, oh. <laughs> multiple franchises, uh, multiple inc- incidents um, escalating. Uh, there's got There's got to be a, a boiling over point. A little malice at the palace too. What do you think? What's the over what's, think, what's the over under for uh, the next malice at the palace? I'd say I'd say zero. That's not an over under. I, I think it. Um, I think it ended with with the with the um, water bottle throw. You think so? Personal opinion. I think so. I think because they charged realize... the guy with uh, assault with a lethal weapon. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna banned feel that, and that's never gonna be a charge. But, they, but how uh, many people want to be banned for life for some like one something incident? stupid like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's. It's just it's, it's, people are acting like they haven't been out of the house in a year and a half. You know. Yeah, I wonder why that is. <laughs> Trey Young got spit on. Oh yeah. Kyrie with the water bottle throw. Westbrook getting popcorn dumped on him. Am I forgetting a couple? I feel like I'm forgetting. One or two. Um, but yeah, the whole uh, the disrespecting of Lucky the Leprechaun really uh, okay. enraged the Boston faithful. Look, the Boston I, Mafia. I can speak as a former bandwagon Big Three fan, mm-hmm. and I always say it's Big Four because Rondo was there, right? And you know, disrespectful to Rondo, but Big Four, Big Three and a half, whatever you want to say. You know, you you see KG kiss that lo- that kiss that logo after they won. You see Paul Pierce kiss that logo on his uh, farewell tour after he hit after he hit the three in a Clippers uniform when they were down ten, <laughs> and they with, with one second left or whatever. Thought you was Kobe. I feel. What is that? Thought you was Kobe. You don't. You <laughs> they don't let you like that. They they don't. They do and, not. Um, they never have. But I think that logo means a little bit more than like the Charlotte Hornets logo. And the fact, like, this is my counter-argument to it all. And I, I get, like, Kyrie did it. They were booing him all game, and Celtics fans don't like him, so why would he respect anything that they have? I get it. But, like, if if it didn't mean anything, then why did Kyrie do it? Obviously, Kyrie knew 
it means something to the fans. So he, he was trying to piss them off. So it's like like if Brett Favre, and I, I get that it, it, you know he thinks you know there's potential um, potentially racially driven driven it may have, especially with the, the a lot of the players speaking out about what they experienced in Boston. But I feel like you know if if Brett Favre in a Vikings uniform comes back and wipes his dick on like the the Green Bay Packers logo, I feel like either half of the stadium's going to be turned on or half of the stadium's going to be booing him mercilessly. And it's one It's one dick. thing to be booed for stomping on a logo. It's another to be, like, have shit thrown at you and be called, you know, race, racial slurs and stuff like that. And I totally <laughs> I, – I don't want my words to be misconstrued. The the retaliation should not have been done by the fans. Obviously, I agree he should be banned for life. I think it should have been like the player, maybe Marcus Smart or some player coming out and being like, hey, whoa, whoa, what do we got going on here? Um, but obviously the retaliation to that is not throwing anything. Take it easy, yelling. son. It's just a drawing. But it isn't, though, because then Kyrie knew it meant something, so that's why he did it. If it didn't mean anything, then why would Kyrie do it? That's my – but, again, we both agree that whatever he experienced after the fact was not justified at all. And um, – Way, way beyond the bounds of what a fan should should do. If you're getting, if you're, if you're, if you're getting that upset about a, a cartoon getting stepped on when it gets trampled on eighty times a game, back and forth in a normal basketball game, I think you have some uh, some issues of your own that you need to sort out. Um, when when T O ran to when T O ran to the Cowboys logo and got decked by a player when when Baker Mayfield slammed his flag into the Ohio State logo, and then Bosa in the NFL, after he sacks him, throws the puts the flag on him afterwards. It's, it's, it, me, it means – and then Celtics are one of the most historic franchises in, in all the sports, you know, was 17 – 16 or 17 championships. So, I don't – it means something, in my opinion. Like if someone stepped on the Rockets logo, eh, it's the Rockets Yeah, you know logo. what kind of people get upset about that? Roided out white guys. <laughs> We're in a knockoff Garnett jersey. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. So, uh, <laughs> the Suns closed out the Lakers the other night. Um, yeah. It was quite the scene. We, we touched on it a little bit with, uh, you know, LeBron kind of, he didn't look like himself, but he also, like, just flat-out quit, basically. <laughs> um, he was uh, he was very upset about uh, the whole situation. Um, and, you know, his teammates were not playing well. Oh, no. Um, Truder was awful. But there were some... Uh, some really funny troll jobs that were done towards the mm. end of that game by the Suns players, and all, you know, completely deserved. Hundred percent, a hundred and twenty percent. Game three, when LeBron is kind of like, uh, you know, showboating a little bit. He's he's got Jay Crowder backing him down in the post, and Andre Drummond's imitating him from the bench doing the back down or whatever, and then he scores on him. You know, the Lakers are up, like, 20 at that point. He didn't even – he didn't make the shot. Right. And then – no, he made it. I think he made the layup. No. He, or when he did the turnaround, though. He didn't make the turnaround. Oh, no, no, no. He, but when he spun, he spun baseline and he made the layup. 
But mm-hmm. there's another play, too, where, like, he was running down the court. Jay Crowder, like, barely brushes him. And then he flops onto the ground, runs to his be- – like, across the court to his bench. And, like, I don't know. He, like, bends over and he's, like, looking. And he's, like, having the time of his life. Lakers <laughs> are up. And then uh, reality struck. And it struck hard. Um, and as the Lakers are getting blown out, in Game 6, um, the Suns had some fun of their own. Uh, Jay Crowder did the little salsa dance, kind of alluding to uh, LeBron's, what was it, a state? No, it was a Mountain Dew commercial with uh, where he's... Or Sprite, maybe? I think it was Mountain Dew. He's, maybe Sprite. He's done Sprite in the past, but he's teaching the salsa class or whatever. Salsa, salsa, salsa LeBron or whatever. Salsa King. That's what it was. Um and uh, you know that's probably what he'll be doing in the off season in Cancun. But uh. um, simultaneously, as Crowder's doing the little uh, salsa dance, and then subsequently gets ejected, Chris Paul is mimicking the uh, the the lean back uh, post move mm-hmm. on Crowder. He's like imitating it. <laughs> I think he has the ball in his hands there. Um, and then as soon as Crowder gets ejected, he sprints down the court just like LeBron did when uh, he did the flop, and he sprints right into the locker room to do some slander on uh, on Twitter uh, later on. <laughs> and Instagram. Yeah, no, yeah, it was Instagram. It was Instagram. Uh, he had, like, a caption. It was like, ain't no fun when the rabbit got, got the gun. And LeBron, a couple weeks earlier, had said, it's all fun and games till the rabbit got the gun right before, a la- like, a Blazers game that the Lakers were playing. Um, and, uh, Booker was, like, talking some shit to Schroeder during the game, and he's like, uh, you know, what, what thought so, like, when he didn't say anything, and then Bleacher Report posted, like, a video of it on Instagram, and, uh, Booker commented, that's tough, and that's tough is a, uh, clothing brand that Dennis Schroeder has. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, Suns might be my new, my new favorite team in the West. I don't know. I was already, was already a big Chris Paul fan, but this is just, this is putting it over the top here. This is some class A trolling. And I, that was, yeah, you sent me that tweet where it breaks down each one of them. That was, (laughs) made my day, man. Um, but then book, what I loved about the game, besides all, like the trolling obviously was. Like, you know, Monty Williams is talking about, like, you know, how they're – Booker was kind of trying to feel it out, let his teammates play, and, and then they were just like, you know, no, the Lakers Lakers are still solid defensively. You may only get to see one look in, in the whole possession. I want you to take that look. And, oh, my God. Like, when Booker's on fire, he's one of the smoothest players in the NBA. He's hitting so and, many threes that game. I think he went, like, uh, eight of nine or something from eight, three. Yeah, eight, eight of ten. And I was just like – it was so beautiful to watch because his shot's so wet. He moves so effortless, effortless, effortlessly on the court. And, um, God, I love Booker. Man. A fitting end for LeBron to be defeated by a book. <laughs> like the, uh, couldn't quite get past page one on a lot of the books he was reading last year. So it's, uh, it kind of comes full circle. Look. I, 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 you know what? I, I believe that LeBron has read Malcolm X's book, but when he was asked about Malcolm X's book and, and his interview after that, that was a fun interview to watch as a LeBron hater. But 
He does struggle with. I I feel like he obviously reads the so book. So basically, yeah. uh, motherfucker, uh, shit. Uh, so there's this guy. He's, and... he's always seen. I don't know if you guys know, but he's always seen pictured with a book. Whenever he's pictured with a book, it's always on the first page. <laughs> he's on a, a stationary bike. <laughs> he's walking into the stadium. It's always page one. Whether it's the Hunger Games or it's Malcolm X, it's it's page he's one. He's a hard time getting past page one, past the table of contents. Uh, and as our, our as our friend Noah always says, where do you start when you read a book? You start on page one. Of course, you always see him on page one because that's when he starts reading. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah. So uh, yeah. the Lakers are out. It's. Uh, do you think that if AD or A. Disney mm-hmm. stays healthy, do you think that the Lakers – I feel like if, if, if LeBron and AD are both healthy and, and CP3 stays healthy, then even playing field – it's still Lakers. Like, what we saw from the Lakers when they were healthy during the regular season, and then even when they were kind of healthy in game one or two, game two, I think. Yeah, I think it de- um, Yeah, it depends, I yeah. think, on how healthy you think LeBron was uh, this series. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if LeBron is close to 100% in this series, and this is how he's playing, then I don't know. I think the Suns might still have the advantage. But if you make the argument that LeBron is pretty hobbled and he's not even really at 75%, then sure. Like, if you're seeing the Lakers from last year, then, yeah, I think they would beat the Suns. But this also isn't the exact same team as last year either. So it's like... There's there's a lot of shuffling and they downgraded at multiple positions, um, so I mean way less depth behind those two guys. And we, no and I were talking that like Dwight Howard was actually losing Dwight Howard and Dwight Howard's athleticism on the switches is super underrated. Even Danny Green just having a guy who could defend Booker better, like yeah, they lost Danny Green and you know. Montrez Harrell was not the greatest pickup for them, especially in the playoffs. Uh, he didn't. And, and Schroeder was a zero, man. Schroeder was terrible. Schroeder had a rough series, um, especially especially the game where he had zero points. Um, yeah, defensively, he yeah. couldn't stay with either Paul or Booker. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the Lakers knocked out. In uh, the first round, the first time LeBron has lost in the first round, um, LeBron fans can't say that uh, he he has that advantage over Jordan anymore. And that's the, I always hated that. Like Jordan, basically, he's playing the either the Pistons or the Celtics in the first round because his team was objectively terrible. So he's like a six or seven seed playing the Pistons or mm-hmm. Celtics. That's like playing the Warriors in the first the the twenty seventeen right. Warriors in the first round. Of the playoffs, of course you're going to lose that right. series. Zero context is involved in these arguments. Exactly. And, you know, we should know that. Um, let's go to Mavs Clippers. Uh, obviously, the series is still going on. Tied at 3-3 now uh, after tonight. Um, I had picked as my hot take of the playoffs Mavericks Western Conference Finals. 
So that is still in play. I had Mavericks in seven for this series, uh, which is also still in play. Um, Zach's hot take was Wizards in seven, as we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, which is not it, – it's no longer in play, unfortunately. It was looking good for like 35 minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> game one. But um, we got Luca basically doing it all himself. Um, game five, he was responsible for scoring or assisting on 31 of the Mavericks' 37 field goals. Mm-hmm. Um, while Kristaps Porzingis, a.k.a. Latvian Plumley, uh, scored eight points. Hey, he hit that good. He, hit he that did three. hit a, a clutch three, but it was off a Luca uh, pass. Um, basically, gave him a wide open shot in the corner. Oh, it was, it was not hand. contested. There was a hand. Batum was helping all the way off on the Luca, and he had to go recover back to the, the way corner. You, the way you just said Batum. How did I say Batum? You just like so condescendingly. Fucking no, fucking Batum. Batum, yeah. Like he can get back to contest a corner three. You're that alley oop tonight. Oh god. But uh yeah, um, and then yeah. Kawhi took over in game six, um, down the stretch in the fourth quarter and kinda just put the clippers on his back. Could not miss. Um Did did you feel that Luca was like I mean, we can analyze all we want, but you did you feel like Luca was a little too passive in the fourth quarter tonight? And he he was he was giving his guys good looks. I'm not saying he was making the wrong play. He's struggling. It's He's struggling like, tonight shooting the ball a little bit more. Um, And, you know, he wasn't super efficient in Game 5 either. I think he ended, like, 17 of 37 in Game 5. This game, he he was 11 of 24, um, but 2 of 9 on threes, so not great. Um, I mean, I think he was making the right plays. Um, Obviously, I mean... His teammates have just struggled this series uh, to help him out on any level, and yet it's still a three-three series, which is how good Luka Doncic is. Um, you know, and I, I want to be consistent here. I, if, you know, seventeen thirty. Real quick, seventeen thirty-five. I mean, that's almost fifty percent. But seventeen to thirty-seven. Um, that's a little less than thirty-five, but less or less than fifty percent. Mm-hmm. But um, I would criticize like anybody who passed as much as he did in the fourth quarter, I think. And then, you know, they were down, whatever, eight. And then he starts taking over, and he scores eight points in, like, the final two minutes. I think there's – he also did airball, uh, like, a turnaround um, jumper with, like, seven minutes to go. So maybe his shot wasn't feeling great, so he's trying to get his guys going. And you got Hardaway, who was feeling good, so you're trying to get the ball in his hands. So – but I think that there's a lot of times when he's, he's one-on-one 15 feet out and – could have made a move to the basket because the you know the Clippers didn't have Zubac out there, so the basket was open. I feel like he could have attacked the basket a little bit more, but that's hindsight, and he's had a great series. I think he's um, just gassed from being the only guy who can manufacture consistent offense all series um, against yeah. a team that has defenders like Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. I mean, he's making it look easy, but it's not easy. Um, so... One one little stat that I picked up, that's a good point. Uh, one little stat I picked up was um, so I saw Hardaway balling out tonight. I was like, let me look at his game log. And um, the only two losses before tonight 
when they were um, was when Hardaway scored less than 20. So their three wins before this, he had scored over 20 points, and their two losses, I forgot exactly, it was like seven and 14. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, at the time he had 23 and they lost. It was a closer game. I just think that like, that's like we're talking about the load that Luca has when when you when you got Hardaway making those contested threes or making those swing threes. It's so much more tough because the defense is totally focused on Luca, and if one of those guys can just mm-hmm. step up for one, you know, like like Hardaway stepping up, if, if you know, Porzingis has a good game seven, that totally changes everything. And um, the the Clippers have to or the Mavs have to go against George and 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 Kawhi, and both of them are having hell of a series. So. Yeah. Hardaway's yeah. a great third option, I think. Um, it's when you he's been the second. I know it's when now. you task him to be the second <laughs> option. It's when I mean, and then the third option is so fucking distant with Porzingis. <laughs> like, um, you know, even if Luca had like a a two A two B, like it, it might be a different. Like they might have already won the series, but like he's literally. Had to do this basically all on his own with with you know a little little Hardaway help, but Porzingis is just that's got to be one of the worst contracts in the NBA at this point. Who who's trading for that? That's an albatross. The the, the Knicks trade has become the Tim Hardaway trade, not the Kristaps Porzingis trade. Hmm. Um. But uh. Yeah, uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting series. Um, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, I'm right because then I'll feel really smart um, that I that I picked the Mavericks. But um, let's move on to Bucks Heat. Um, it's a series close to my heart. Um, a lot of people had, you know. Bucks in six, Bucks in seven, Heat in seven, Heat in six. Um, there's a lot of a lot of discussion about this series, um, especially considering how things went last year in the bubble with the Bucks losing in five. Um, this isn't the same Bucks team. It's not the same Heat team either. Um, Bryn Forbes, Bryn Sanity. Um, Outscoring Jimmy Butler in the series uh, after Butler said that he was stupidly locked in uh, for the playoffs. Um, got stupidly locked up by Drew Holiday and Giannis. Oh, okay. All series. Um, all they had to do was go under screens, and it, he couldn't do anything. Like Giannis was guarding Jimmy for vast majority of possessions and then when he wasn't it was either Drew Holiday or PJ Tucker on him um they were able to hide Pat Connaughton on Tyler Hero because he was so bad um Drajic had an inconsistent series um Bam just looked scared to shoot um over Brooke Lopez Completely different from the BAM that we saw in the bubble last year where he's just draining those, like, 19-footers and 18, 17, 16-foot middies, like, all day from the high post. Like, completely different BAM out of bio. Um, Duncan Robinson was, like, basically their bright spot, and he 
disappeared for a couple games there too. Uh, he had a great game one, um, but yeah, uh, the Bucks steamrolled the Heat. Um, wasn't even close. Um, the last three games ended up as blowouts. The first game, it took a Middleton late game uh, midi to uh, to seal it. But uh, the Bucks were just clearly the better team this entire series, um, and it, it wasn't all that close. So, yeah, I think we both had the Bucks in five. I had we? Bucks in six for the culture, but I, in my heart, it was Bucks in five. I remember that. Um, like I texted you during game one, and it was just like it was what I noticed is that. The Bucks were getting to their spots with ease. It was just a matter of whether they made mm-hmm. the shot or not. And then the Heat were just like scrambling around trying to it get. It looked like the Bucks points. last year against the Heat, just scrambling on offense. They yeah. could, they couldn't manufacture points. Giannis is getting beat by the wall. Middleton's the only one who can consistently like get to his spots. Bledsoe is falling apart as usual. Um, and then they just didn't have the depth really on the bench of guys that could like manufacture their own offense different this year with guys like Bryn Forbes, Bobby Portis, um, obviously drew holiday, um, big upgrade from the decidedly net negative. That was Eric Bledsoe for year in and year out the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall the bucks just looked really, really good. And, you know, Bud made some really good adjustments. He he came into the series prepared. Um, was really impressed with the game plan that they had um, with Jimmy Butler and um, you know w- with some of the other guys. Middleton did a great job staying with Duncan Robinson for most of the series. You know, running around picks and stuff with all of his off ball movement, um, which something that could definitely be beneficial to them translating into the Brooklyn series when, you know, he'll likely be tasked with chasing around uh, Joe Harris. So um, overall, Bucks look like, you know, kind of what they've been billed as this season, uh, a team that's built for the playoffs. It's going to be dangerous um, and a tough out for anybody. Um Really excited for this Nets Bucks series. A lot of people talking about it as you know the finals matchup of the playoffs. Basically, this is going to be the best two teams duking it out, and whoever wins will likely win it all. Um, so it's going to be a it's going to be a good series to watch. Um, but any any final thoughts on Bucks Heat? Yeah, I I think that all those are great points. I think. Um... I think Barkley, I'm just kind of living what you said. Barkley had a good point, and he was just like like what you said, that the, the Bucks before was kind of beat, built for the regular season. And now they have a bunch of really, really defenders. And yeah, P.J. Tucker's a guy during the regular season that's like, eh, does he, does, do we need him to win games? Not really, on a nightly basis. Do we need him to beat the Hawks or the, or the, or the Hornets or the Wizards? Not really. But against the Nets, oh, my God. Like having having a guy like PJ or having a guy like Drew, those guys you can you could have this you could have probably a, basically the same regular season record if you didn't have Drew if you had like Bledsoe during the regular season it doesn't matter during the playoffs it matters and I think you guys are 
well well stocked, mm-hmm. ready to go, and it's going to be a hell of, hell of a bloodbath in round two. But um, like Giannis on on um, on Butler just swallowed him up. Like every time that Butler was <laughs> Butler was going after Giannis, he'd literally just like turn his back, pick mm-hmm. up his dribble, and then look to pass it out. Like, and that was I think a lot of people were asking for that last year, and some Bucks fans were questioning that, and, and and it's for due cause, you know. But I think Giannis is just well, I think it's it's different when Butler's hitting his jumpers too. Like if if Butler was actually like, yeah. he wasn't even attempting he was, them. He was, he just, was like, he just like he was so shook. Um, yeah, it was weird. If Butler's hitting his outside shots, you know, it's a little bit of a different story with Giannis guarding him because you know if if he can get around those picks and stuff, Giannis has a little trouble getting around picks. I mean, obviously he still can test from behind in a lot of cases, but. That mid-range, Butler was killing the Bucks last year with it. Um, so, you know, a lot of fans, rightfully so, were kind of thinking about, you know, maybe Giannis is best in that free safety role where he's kind of providing the help and stuff, and he's he's playing, you know, kind of being hit on a weaker offensive player so that he can, you know, do the most damage as that weak side help and stuff. But, um Definitely paid off this series with with Butler. Uh, next series, it's going to be a lot tougher because um, he's likely going to be tasked with guarding Kevin Durant for most of the series, and that's a guy that you can't really go under screens on. Um, you got to go over it. You think? Um, but let's move on um, to your prediction, um, your, your hot take: uh, Wizards in seven. Um, this reminds me of my hot take where I picked uh, with my high school buddies. I picked the the Celtics with it to beat uh, mm-hmm. LeBron. Um, just one, just one of those where you get a gut feeling and um, you think about it for a second, but you don't think about it for more than a second. And um, it felt good. I felt I felt cool in the moment mm-hmm. talking about it. Um, Real hipster. I felt really felt really cool when they were up like eighty three to seventy two or whatever with a couple minutes to go in the third. And that was the last time the Wizards led in the series, probably? Last time they scored they scored above eighty in a game. Uh even with them beat out uh How long is it beat gonna be out for? Uh it said day to day, but he had a slight tear in his meniscus, which is the same injury that Blake Griffin had last playoffs when he looked like a shell of himself. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't advise playing on it because Blake Griffin hasn't even looked close to what he did last year, this year. Um, so, it sucks for the Sixers. Um, you know, I still had the Bucks and the Nets over them, winner of Bucks and Nets, Beating the Sixers, but I mean, this just this just Me makes too. it sad. Going out sad, you know. Um, Embiid had a hell of a season, MVP candidate, um, likely runner-up, but because he missed so many games. But you know, he's playing out of his mind this year. He definitely deserved to uh, put it all out there in the playoffs. It's really unfortunate that he's going to be limited uh, in some capacity. Um, Yet to see what that is, um, but you know, really hope they don't play him and he gets injured further. 
You know, it's also mm-hmm. unfortunate. Thinking about the impact that DJ Augustine would have on the Bucks, and, and knowing he's somewhere in a Houston high rise right now. Is that as a Bucks hater? You, looking you, forward. You know, you, you're wishing for the negative impact that DJ Augustine would have in the Bucks. It would be fine. Okay, I guess. Bryn, I I'd rather have Bryn Forbes taken shots than DJ Augustine. I don't think he would have it. Well, he had one one good series. Now all of a sudden he's better than a one good great. series. Want you want to look up Bryn Forbes three point percentage on the year, Zach? He's had a good year. Oh, okay. So it's so it's so first it's so first it's a good series, then it's a good year. Okay, it was a good year. Next, it was it's like a good career series. Oh, <laughs> a mediocre okay. career. A below Bring average standard, career. Maybe. Um, okay. Yeah, but. Yeah, I don't want to talk about this. The, uh, yeah. Or, real quick, do you think Bradley, I mean, where's Bradley Bill going to go? I saw him photoshopped into a uh, Pelican <laughs> jersey. Maybe I'll go to the Knicks. Right. <laughs> yeah, maybe everyone's. Everybody's photoshopped in a Knicks jersey at least once in their, you know, every year. But, um,. Speaking of the Knicks, this is uh, this series is my biggest my biggest fail uh, for for our predictions. My, for our predictions. Too, man. No, your biggest fail was Wizards in seven. I was that was for fun. It, that no, was for fun you thing. can't you can't crawl you can't walk this back now. You were full fledged. Westbrook is the goat. Uh. No. <laughs> Um, I had Knicks no, in five, and it was it was in five, um, mm. but it was it was a loss in five. Um, Trey Young, he uh, he destroyed the Knicks. Um, he dominated. He trolled them pretty hard too. Um, for after after I think after game five, but after. A lot of those games. Um, Hawks won Game One. Knicks pulled out Game Two um, and held the held the Hawks to under a hundred points. Um, afterwards, Knicks fans chanting, uh, "We want Brooklyn." Um, it's not quite how it works. Uh, they wouldn't have played Brooklyn until the conference finals. If they made it that far. Oh, they knew that. They knew that. They're, they're ready they, I don't know if they, they knew how seeding works. I wouldn't give them that much credit. Um, they also chanted Trey is balding and fuck Trey Young during the games. Um, only to get gentlemen swept <laughs> in the next uh, three consecutive games. Um, after... The Knicks lost in Atlanta. Uh, headline of the New York Post was "Joke from State Farm" um, because the Hawks play in State Farm Arena, and the Knicks are a fucking joke. Um, <laughs> uh, one uh, enjoyable tidbit that came out of this series is uh, Trey Young hair prop bets. Um, uh, Jackson Frank, who's uh, 
is a friend of mine. Uh, he's a writer for the Sixers. Um, he tweeted out a DM that he got uh, during the series, um, I guess from some bookie site or whatever. And uh, they're doing Trey Young hair tr- prop bets. So let's let's go through a couple of these uh, together. When will Trey Young start shaving his entire head? Um, before the 2023 season is a minus 150. Um, 2024 season or later is plus 110. So favored to uh, to cut it all off before 2023. Um, it's rough. Tough look for Trey. Um, if I were Trey Young, I would shave it off as soon as possible. But he's stuck with this for three years now. So I would take the money uh, where the money is and go 2024 season or later. Seems like seems like the smart bet. He should, he, should, he should just bet on himself. And then There's no rules against him betting on himself to do something and then him doing it. That's true. It's true. He can make he could make generational wealth already more than he already already has for his kids. He could set up his like forty fifth grand. So so what's what 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 are you picking? Are you picking like, before twenty twenty three season or after? I just feel like you know he's one of those guys who's just gonna. Yeah, I, I agree. He's. I, I hope he. I hope he lets it get mullet long. I hope. I hope it goes down to his shoulders and it's just wispy strands. Like, uh, like, um, what's his name? Frank from Shameless. Um, the second prop up, will Trey Young get hair plugs before age 25? <laughs> yes, plus no. 120. Uh, no, minus, plus, plus 120 for yes. No, minus 160. <laughs> Are you yeah, You can bet on these right now. If I'm Trey, I'm putting my entire 2022 salary on that, and then just not getting. Uh, what what is your pick, thing? Zach? No, that's a, it's not a smart bet. Go where the money is. Oh, you think he's going to be Joe Buck 2.0? Uh, hmm. and the third and the thir- <laughs> not smart. It's not where the money is. <laughs> what what smart the money? The third is and final prop bet. Uh, oh my God. Trey Young to be the Rogaine spokesperson by 2023. Yes, plus 155. No, minus 220. I can see it. Trey Young doing those commercials, you know, kind of like. I mean, because if he shaves it, like, it's never coming back. He knows that. We know that. Like, it's an, un- it's an unspoken he's thing. He's. Like George Costanza hanging on to those last strands. Hey, we're all we gonna get there one day. Some sooner than others, but uh, I can see maybe a hair and shoulders thing, and then he does use Rogaine, but he doesn't tell anybody, and it's like, oh, hair and shoulders, head and shoulders is restorative. I don't think he'd actually do Rogaine. I'm taking, I'm taking the oh. minuses on all these. I'm taking. You're I'm not gonna, gonna make, make any money. money. <laughs> this is a minus two twenty. I'm, I know. Okay, uh, whoever's making these odds live in their parents' basement with hair plugs, and they're using Rogaine on their genitals. So, smart money is not betting on, on these pets. I mean, the shaved head one. Smart money is definitely twenty twenty four season or later. 
Okay, I can see that. But the hair plugs in real game, no. And all great players go into a balding phase. Kareem, Clyde, Kobe, Jordan, um, all the uh, – Gary Payton. Like, as you get – like, LeBron's one of the only great players who decided – I'm just going to go with the full Carlos Boozer uh, paint, paint on hair look. That's what LeBron said. Or the Four LeBron Williams paint on hair. Yeah. The Carlos Boozer one was more egregious, I think. Looked like somebody just sharpied his fucking scalp. Yeah, they were both bad. They were. Uh, All right, do you want to um, move on to uh, basketball? This is basketball. We're talking basketball right now. Um, mm. Fucking basketball. The final series uh, we'll talk about. I mean, I guess we could mention Grizzly, 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 Grizzlies, Jazz, but I mean. Not not a ton to talk about yeah. there. I mean, John Moran had a no. great game in a loss, forty seven points. He, he got ex- he got exposed. He didn't get fucking exposed. The Jazz are at their peak. Can't shoot right now. This is the peak uh. that the Jazz will ever get. They traded all their assets for Mike Conley, and the Grizzlies are happy to sit back on their laurels with their young core and uh, get shit on. I would I, I would I would hope the I would hope the one seed would take care of the eighth seed, yeah. The most the most charming one seed of all time. Okay. Um <laughs> Damian Lillard. No, the Damian Jazz, Lillard. Jazz are a good team. Uh, yeah. Scores fifty five points. Only to get betrayed by his teammates. And a loss to the Nuggets. Um, that kind of sucked the entire life out of that series, that game. Uh, Dame's got 55, I think, 10 assists or something. I think he had double-digit assists. Uh, feeds Covington for an easy dunk. Down three with, like, 50 seconds to go. Covington blows the fucking dunk. He missed two he, dunks. He did, he did. There's one with 50 seconds left, though. Uh, but he did miss two dunks. Next play, next possession, they get a stop. They get back down the floor. Dame passes it to a wide-open C.J. McCollum on the wing for a three. C.J. hesitates, does a little pump fake, and steps out of bounds as he goes to drive uh, to the hoop. So, two straight turnovers. Um Damian Lillard effort. Also, short. I forgot what minute. I forgot what minute it was, but it was in those final minutes, and Melo missed a, a wide oh. open three, too. Get Dame some help, There's... man. McCollum kind of had like a a weaker series. I think he was like I don't know, I forget all his averages, but he's probably averaging around seventeen or eighteen. Like he didn't. Mm-hmm. McCollum kind of didn't play his. He played yeah. okay, but. Um. He didn't play as well as Michael Porter. Holy yeah. fuck. Michael Porter, I mean, he was streaky, though, but Michael Porter, when he was hot, oh, my God. Yeah, Jokic had a great series, too. And Austin Rivers, the Austin Rivers game where he scored 12 mm-hmm. in the final minutes, that was, as as a as a person to pick the Blazers to win and a sleeper to make the Western Conference Finals, that was so frustrating to watch, watching Austin Rivers make every single shot. Uh, I don't know if that was yeah, game five. Yeah, I think so. Or, Games, game yeah. Like, game oh. six, though, Jokic didn't score a point in the first quarter and a half, and then 
he ended up with 36, I believe, um, and scored 36 in the final 28 minutes that he played. Um, and the, oh, sorry, that was Austin Rivers' game four. Yeah, and the Blazers were up like 10 points in, in game yeah. six. And then Porter and, and, and um, Jokic went off. Nurkic fouled out. I, I was I was out in one of those games. Uh, yeah, the the, the Blazers yeah. were actually winning. Uh, they were like plus twenty when Nurkic was on the floor for the series, and then they were like minus sixty when he wasn't, and that was you know, and it's cancer time, baby. Um, but oh my god! Following the series, Nuggets win in six, obviously. Uh, Nurkic made some comments that he could possibly be out. Um, He's talking about, you know, he's not sure where the team is going to be. And, uh, you know, he was asked if, you know, he would want to be back. And he said, we'll see. But as of right now, this current situation, it's not ideal for me. So whatever that means, uh, it's kind of ambiguous, but seems like he is not very happy um, and probably is going to be looking for something else. Subsequently, um, there's a rumor on first take um, where, I mean, this for what it's worth, Stephen A. Smith. So basically anything he reports never happens. But uh, he said that he got a call from an unnamed source that said uh, Carl Anthony Towns to Portland uh, is a possibility. Um, it's kind of an interesting fit. Um, he's not a great defender, and Lillard is not a great defender. So the offense would be oh. spectacular. Like the, the pick and rolls, holy shit. But um, pick and pop, pick and roll, like that. That's that's a crazy offense. But, I mean – you have to really surround those guys with some plus defenders to get away with it. Um, it's not like the offense was the problem in this series. Like, no. they just, I mean, they couldn't defend. And they they especially couldn't defend when Nurkic was out of the game because they didn't have a center who could guard Jokic. So, Terry Stotts, Terry Stotts oh, is yeah. done now with, uh, with Portland. He got, or... Not fired, but they went their separate ways. Um, so he's on the market. Um, I don't. I mean, the Blazers have been middling for a while, and middling is unfair because they've you know they've been in the middle of the West, they've been top of the West, they've been bottom of the West, they've been in the playoffs though for the past you know decade basically as long as Lillard's been there they've been they've been in the conversation um but I mean it could be time for a new voice in the locker room he's been there for a while they haven't gotten over the hump but I mean with the roster construction he's had it's like what's your ceiling you you have a your best player your MVP caliber player is a score first point guard who doesn't play defense your second best player is a score first shooting guard who doesn't play defense um when you have those two as your top two guys in your core what is your ceiling um i feel like it's never been the best fit 
obviously they both are Portland guys. They're loyal to to Portland, um, which is why they've kept them for so long. But like, <sighs> might be time to shake things up a little bit. Um, and you know, I'm not sure Terry Stotts is completely to blame for how the Blazers have fared the past couple postseasons. Like they ran into the Lakers last year. They've run into some tough teams, um, Nuggets, and I mean, I just don't think they've had the personnel to really compete with the top dogs. Um, but I mean, Terry Stotts, I'm sure he'll get a shot somewhere else. He's immediately one of the best coaches on the market now. Um, maybe a smart team will hire him instead of Jason Kidd, <laughs> who's been rumored for the Celtics. Um, I, I I think I think they're a backup center away from being a really great team. Like I think Ennis Cantor, he's some better winged up too. He, he can't guard. Yeah, uh, Simmons was. Um, or Simons was, was good the first couple of games, and he, he fell off considerably. Norman Powell is a great sucks. plus for them. Um, I don't think he's uh, he's just he's tasked with guarding Jokic because they don't have a backup yeah. a backup center, and he's he's tasked with guarding Jokic up and down the floor, and he's he may have had a couple of good solid eighteen point games. I mean, he's his, he's a good wing. De- he's a solid wing defender, but he's asking him to guard Jokic. I mean, it's just the recipe for Jokic to have thirty five every night. And um, I think if they have a backup center, or and, and then maybe they have a four that like they don't really need Melo out there to be quite honest. Like as much as I love Melo, um, he doesn't he doesn't fit. He fits with them during the regular season because they all are play ISO and he can play ISO and he's I, I still love Melo, but. They need a if they have like a PJ Tucker or they have like a Lou Dort out there, they become instantly better. And they, they don't need Carmelo when you have Norman Powell, McCollum, and Lillard. They don't they don't need another scorer. Um, but I honestly think that they could have won this series. Um, there was no reason for Austin Rivers to have the game he did. Um, and I think Lillard, for how good he was in, in a lot of places, he he did miss – I mean, no one could be elite every single game. But there was a couple times when I think a couple of shots he should have made. But whatever, he had a hell of a series, and I'm not going to take anything away from him because I'm just a, I'm just a piece of shit. But that's the spirit. That's the I think um, – I was going to say – is I was actually – I was at a uh, – I wasn't watching the game, and um, – on the, but I checked the I checked the box score um, during the first quarter, or whatever, and then when I finally was able to uh, get away from the dinner, I I refreshed the box score and I saw the final, but I also saw that Lillard had 28. I didn't see the final score. It was like he only had 28. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was enough, and that that just shows like how good Lillard is to think that 28 wasn't like his best. Right, and it also shows how little help but he has when you see 28 and see exactly. say well. That's probably not enough to get it done. Exactly. And I think McCollum has been great in the past and hasn't been the reason they lost, but I think if McCollum averages 25 this series or averages 26 or 27, then it's an entirely different series. And a couple of those games he's having, 16, 17, missing crucial shots. Um, I like McCollum. I think, I mean, 
It's like a poor man's Danny Hooker. But. I like McCollum too, but I just I just feel like his fit with with Lillard it's unnecessary. Um, obviously, having more talent is good, but like it's kind of they they can do a lot of the same things, and they are also bad at a lot of the same things. So it's it's not great team building. Um, but obviously, you have limited options with a small market, so it's you know can't really blame the Blazers. It's just kind of the cards the cards you're dealt. So they play they play good basketball too. It's not like they they get swept every time they they walk. No, yeah, they're 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 tough out always. Um, but yeah. Let's uh, let's move on. I have, I let's have faith in go to final part of the show today. Um, let's briefly do some second round predictions. Um, so, this is, these are going to be tough because, like we talked about, these are all the the, the NBA today. It's it's I love it. I love where yeah. it's at. A lot of parody. Let's go to let's go to the easiest series, um, or maybe not the easiest, but like. None of these are easy, but let's go to Atlanta-Philly, the series with the injury uh, of Embiid. Um, I guess however you want to approach this, um, assuming Embiid's healthy, assuming he's hurt, um, or just kind of your general thoughts, what do you think uh, we can expect from Atlanta-Philly? Man, I'd say before watching Atlanta Knicks play, and assuming that Embiid was healthy, I would have said Philly in four. But Atlanta, you know, proved mm-hmm. me wrong and a lot of people wrong. And they played much better defense than I thought they were ever capable of playing. This is kind of like when they got all those stars in the offseason, it's kind of like, you know, you know, you have Gallinari, you have Bogdan. It's like you have a lot of guys who can score, but you don't have a lot of guys that can defend. And then I think Capella anchors that a little bit. And they have good rotation. They have a good scheme. So – I could see the Hawks winning six with a with mm-hmm. with without Embiid um, playing, but then I can also see the Sixers winning mm-hmm. five with Embiid playing. So I'm going to do an average of that and say if Embiid, uh, it's just we don't know if Embiid doesn't play, I'd say Hawks and six. If Embiid plays, I'll say yeah. Sixers and six. And by plays, I mean plays more than four yeah. Games, I'd say. Um. Meniscus is tough. Uh, There's really no telling how good he'll be, how much he'll play. Um, I'm just going to go with the assumption that Embiid will play about half the series. Um, And that being said, if we're under that assumption, I'll go Sixers in seven. Um, But, I mean, it's tough because, like, I mean, I agree with everything you said. I think no. that uh, if Embiid doesn't play most of the series, I could see the Hawks winning in five or six because they played that well. Um, played really good defense, and yeah. Ben Simmons is not going to be able to do this on his own. Tobias Harris can only get hot so long. Uh, and yeah. Atlanta's just got a lot of firepower on offense. Um, and without that, Rim protector and Embiid, the Sixers have struggled, um, especially when they're playing Simmons at the five. They don't have Dwight back there with as the traditional rim protector. Um, their defense fell off significantly without Embiid. So 
they don't really have that to their advantage anymore, and they're already kind of like a so-so offense. Um, so, yeah, I'm going. I'll go Sixers and seven just by averaging out. You know, maybe Embiid will play like half the series, maybe a little over half the series. Um, but it's it's tough. I mean, nobody really knows. Um, it's kind of the most underwhelming series for that reason because. Biggest star is not going to be there, probably, or probably at least for most of it, or he's not going to be at a hundred percent. So, um, yeah, well, I think it makes it more of a fair fight. I think that um, they have no answer for Trey Young, but um, they all the Hawks don't really have an answer for Simmons, in my opinion. Well, I mean, I, I, they had an answer for Randall, answer. and he's more offensively skilled than Simmons, so I'm not really that worried. Not really that worried about is he though? The, uh, Hawks not being able to contain Ben Simmons of all people. He's not exactly the most aggressive on offense. I, I think they'll do just fine. Uh, How about Randall going from a second team, third team All NBA candidate to being viewed out of his own stadium? That's the thing that pisses me off the most. I had, I, I oh. had so much faith in Julius Randall. That's why I picked Nixon five, and then he turns into Julio Okafor for five games. Come on. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, nobody else played well. Like, Rose only had, like, two yeah. good games. Alec Burks played, like, Steph Curry for one game. One game. And then Oban, Obi Toppin or whatever, he had, like, one good game. Yeah. Anyway, let's digress. Um, yeah. Let's move on to, I guess... Dallas slash L.A. versus Utah. Um, we will hate the Jazz. I think we can both uh, agree that we yeah, agree that we're going to pick whichever team comes out of Dallas and L.A. Um, I would. No. I, okay. I would say if it's, um, go ahead, go ahead. Assuming it's Dallas that wins. Um, I will go Dallas in six over Utah. Assuming it's L.A., I will go L.A. in seven against the Jazz. What about you? If L.A. wins this series... Yes. Okay. L.A. in six. If Dallas wins this series, oh, come Dallas on. and six. Luca is going to tear Gobert a new one. He's gonna he's gonna be working him like Harden was working him in the playoffs. Stretching him out, getting that switch, that mismatch, gonna have him turning around doing a three sixty like when Steph Curry completely put him in the twister. It's gonna be sad. He's Jazz going out sad. They don't have a defender that could they can put on Luca. I know, but they don't need they don't Why need not? a defender to, to get on Luca. They just need this. This is what the Clippers. This is what the Clippers have been doing well. Is that they just let let Luca do his thing. And with the first couple of games, they let Luca do his thing, but they'd also like like do this weird thing where they kind of collapse on his drive, but then they leave the the perimeter exposed. Now they're at least stay on the shooters when he drives. So now when he kicks, it's always going to be a contested shot. 
So let Luca have his 40. Let Luca have his 50. Tower him out the first couple games. But stay on the fucking shooters. And that's like, that's the recipe. Like, that's what the Magic did against LeBron is let, let LeBron average 38 for the series. But if you if you kick out, there is going to be a contested shot for all your guys. So that, I think if the Jazz stick to that and don't do this, like, fucking half-commit shit where they kind of stag down and then they leave – they don't actually defend Luka, but then they leave the perimeter wide open. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they play him. But obviously, yeah, Gobert's going to look silly in a lot of switches because Luka – like, dude, Luka in the pick and roll is one of the best players I've, I've seen just do it. Like, the way he, like – he like even like Rondo like the first couple times Rondo guarded him it's like okay Rondo is kind of a dog on him and then like every time after that Luca like pins him and then like kind of yeah. like just rides him into the basket and then the then the the, the big can't step up because if the big steps up he's just gonna fast to Powell or Zingas or or uh, Boban so the big's gotta stay back and then it's just it's just I think the Mavericks could really Luka, kill so. the Jazz with that Kleba uh, Porzingis front court. They did a li- they did it a little bit against the Clippers. Um, opted for Boban these last two games in the starting lineup, but they gave the Clippers some fits um, with with Kleba and Por- Porzingis in the front court, and like Man. having those two, when having having those shots? two oh on the perimeter, dragging Gobert out of the paint, that's gonna just open it all up for Luca. I mean. I have more faith in, in in Dallas beating the Jazz than I do L.A. even. That's fair. I think it um, – I keep my – Zach's keys to the series is, is is Mitchell playing at an elite level, which he's definitely – I mean, he, when he's locked in, he's 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 a beast. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a Luka Donovan show. And um, my other key is just um, whether Tim Hardaway steps up. If Tim Hardaway has averages twenty five for the series, then I can see the Mavs winning. But if he averages like fifteen or sixteen, then I don't think the Mavs. Yeah. I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great series. I, like every one of those games is gonna be. Oh yeah, I, it'll I be fun. It's be a great um, yeah. Uh, so let's move on to Denver Phoenix. Um, will be the second and third seeds in the West going at it. Um, this is a really fun series too. Um, you got Chris Paul, um, you know, trying to get to a finals, uh, kind of a fun little story, um, with him. You got new young blood in Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton trying to prove themselves for the first time in the playoffs. Um, you got some vets like, like Crowder, um, who uh, caught fire recently, and then you got who will be the reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic, and uh, young stud Michael Porter Jr. He's gone off since Jamal Murray uh, injury. Um, this is going to be a really fun series to watch. Two offenses that are extremely uh, pass happy um, with some good shooters. Um, who do you got in this series? This is tough for me. Also, just one thing: Cameron. If Cameron Payne doesn't play like he did, then I don't know if they if the Phoenix wins in six. They may win in seven, but he's playing well. Cameron Payne, man, he was he was 
playing really well mm-hmm. in, in Chris Paul's absence. But as far as the series goes, it's just the Nuggets don't have anything for Booker, but I, the Suns, I don't know what they have for Porter. I mean, they, they have bridges on them, but yeah, um, I mean, and Jokic, Jokic will still I mean, what do they have to, you I mean, know, be able to get what he wants against Aiton, I think. Um, yeah, again, Aiton, he's a big body, a big body. but he's got more. Like, I mean, Jokic I think Jokic has more counters than AD even to uh, to Aiton. Like Jokic is going to be able to pass out of you know doubles and. He can stretch the floor better than AD can, and, you know, I, I just think that he's more offensively well-rounded than AD in general. AD's, you know, he does what he does well, but I think that Jokic just, he can do a little bit of everything, um, so it's going to be a tougher guard for Aiden. Well, we saw what happened when AD was healthy. I mean, he disappeared, AD was in that, he disappeared in the uh, first game, though. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about sure, the game he, where he, he went, went off in one of the games, right. but it, it's not like he was consistently dominating. Or two. Didn't he go off in two? No, but he was off and on okay. hurt. As that's, we, that's a lot of, like, I, he was hurt like every every other game. I, I he was hurt every game excuses, he played for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, AD on his best days, mm-hmm. obviously, much quicker than Jokic and, and a better pure scorer than Jokic, but. Jokic I wonder if you could put Crowder crafty, on you know? Michael Porter Jr. or Bridges. I mean, I feel like those guys would be pretty decent covers for him. I mean, Bridges probably even yeah. more than Crowder um, just because he can move laterally a little bit more maybe with, with him on the perimeter. And if, if Porter loses confidence in his jump shot and starts taking like 20 20- – seven footers and starts breaking a few, then the offense is going to be stagnant and Composo, I mean, is a shitty playoff point guard. I hate so, Composo so much. Um, I hate, he's just, there's no fucking reason for him to be in the league. But, wow. Um, I think, I, all right, I think the Suns should win this series if the Suns are fully healthy. I think the Suns, on their best day in like a vacuum, I think the Suns can win this series. But the Nuggets, I mean, Morris is good. I mean, the Nuggets just have a lot of guys who are good, and I think the I think the Nuggets have more talent, but I think the the Suns are more cohesive. I don't know. Suns definitely yeah. have some good defenders good that can point. give them trouble. Um, yeah. I'm gonna say, am I really gonna go against Denver again after I just picked Portland in six? Um, I know you're going to pick Denver, so just for the hell of it, and no excuses later on, I'm going to say Phoenix in seven. I was going to go Phoenix in seven. Oh. All right, if you're going Phoenix in seven, wow. I'm going to say Denver in six. So completely just disregarding what, whatever bullshit you just spewed out of your mouth. <laughs> no, no, I want to root for Booker. I want to root for Booker. Phoenix in seven. Okay. We'll both say Phoenix. We'll both be wrong. We'll both okay. and we'll both I didn't be expect wrong. that from you. I thought we'll probably both be wrong. You just you bought a Jokic shirt. Just buy a Jokic shirt. Um, 
I just think that I just think I just think the Suns. I do. I love I love Jokic, but I also love Chris Paul, and I really want to root for Chris Paul. And um, Uh, I just think I think the Suns have some defenders that can give the Nuggets some trouble, um, disrupting passing lanes. Um, And Booker, you know, just went he he went off against the Lakers. or a good defense, so. And the Nuggets aren't yeah. as good of a perimeter defense. So, I, I mean, if, if it's Jamal it's Murray in this series too, it's a different time. conversation. But I think I'm going, I'm going Phoenix in seven. So. If it's Jamal Murray, then it's Suns in four. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm joking. Let's know. move on to our last series. Um, All right. Trying to wrap this up before it's an hour finale. forty-five minutes. Um. It's oh, it's their playoff spectacular. Second round preview. Um, but Brooklyn, Milwaukee. Um, we already the... talked about this series a bit. Um, and you picked Brooklyn. But you, you said, wait, no, wait. I, I, tentatively, like, I, I said Brooklyn. Said Brooklyn I then, said, we'll see how the first. Yeah. So I said I wouldn't wouldn't hold you to it, and we'd see how they play. The Bucks fucking dominated the first round. Yeah, they did. Brooklyn also dominated the first round. But they did drop a game to the lowly Celtics. Tatum had 50, but... Tatum had 50. Still, it's the fucking Celtics. They suck. Um, Also, Brad Stevens isn't going anywhere. Come on. Do they really expect oh the Celtics to get past the fucking Nets without Jalen Brown? Brad Stevens got fired upwards. Only a white man. <laughs> okay. He, uh, yeah, we didn't we didn't even touch on this yet this episode, but he got uh, well, he didn't get fired. He decided to step down from coaching. Uh, Simultaneously, as Danny Ainge, pod favorite, uh, steps down from GM, <laughs> friend of the pod, of the Danny pod. Ainge, um, you can come on anytime. Uh, and Brad Stevens got elevated to president of basketball operations. He said he was kind of burned out from coaching after the bubble. Um, I'd be burned. Out. I'd be. I'd be burned out from coaching this shitty this Celtics team too. But. Um, with oh, all the okay. uh, terrible okay. moves that Danny Ainge has made in the past three years, but uh, drafting Jalen Brown—that wasn't, Brown, that wasn't even the past Tatum. three years. So wow. go fuck Fair yourself. It's it's what he trading, did trading since away, it's what he did since Kyrie getting that. Wanted... He swung. And then what happened? Kyrie, dude. It wasn't his fault that okay. Kyrie decided to be a fucking. See, asshole. see, this is why this is why the logo was the sensitive issue. Let's get back to Brooklyn, Milwaukee. All right. Okay, all right. We don't talk about Milwaukee enough on this. Well, the Houston Rockets haven't even made the playoffs, so I'm joking. We don't, we don't, we don't get, we don't have to. I don't want to talk about them anymore, thankfully. I don't want to. Thank goodness. So the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I think. Well, Dante Divincenzo. I can't wait. We should note is out for the series. um, Out for the playoffs. Um, Something with his foot don't really remember what it was exactly, but um, he will not be playing. So the Bucks 
will have a change to their starting lineup. Um, it's kind of up in the air who they'd pick. They they ended up starting Pat Connaughton for the game that DiVincenzo didn't play against the Heat. Um, the Pat Connaughton start, maybe to throw Brooklyn off a little bit, <laughs> I, ho- I hope. Uh, they could start Bryn Forbes, who had a fantastic series against Heat. They could start P.J. Tucker um, to be able to switch one through four. They should. Um, might they throw should. their offense off a little bit just by not having that other ball handler, but it's not like DiVincenzo is offering a ton on offense anyway. Um, he was a tertiary. No. He was, you get, he, no if anything, he was a, right, he, he was it. a, not even a tertiary ball handler. He's the guy who runs through the paint to switch. The, the, the biggest, the biggest thing about losing drive. Dante is not having that quick twitch defender who can stay with Kyrie, not necessarily stop Kyrie, but at least stay with him. The Bucks don't really have another guard like that outside of Drew That's Holiday, fair. and they kind of need Drew Holiday on Harden. Um, so um, there was there's a post game or not a post game. There there was an interview press conference where Drew Holiday might have alluded that. P.J. Tucker might be on Harden to start, um, so that's so that's interesting. Um, I would KD. put Giannis on KD personally, um, just because he's the longest guy, and you know I don't really feel comfortable with Giannis chasing around like Joe Harris. Middleton did a pretty good job on Don on Duncan Robinson against the Heat. Joe Harris, similar type of guy, off ball mover. Um, so I think Middleton could do a decent job on him. Obviously, Middleton can switch on to KD. He's played decently against KD in the past as his primary defender. Drew Holiday's played good against KD in the past as his primary defender. Um, Tucker actually got torched by KD this year when he was matching him. He He's playing good defense. He's playing he, good he, defense. You know, his hand um, was in his face, yeah. He was yeah. there on every shot. Um, KD's you know, it, KD's so assuming the Bucks start... P.J. Tucker, they can switch one through four um, pretty effortlessly, uh, which is big. You, you know, you're right about Dante. I was kind of shooting on Dante, but you're right. Like, a guy to guard Kyrie, and that kind of switches the whole yeah. dynamic. And then, mm-hmm. you know, he's not going to stop Kyrie, like you said, but that, that's a that's a great point. Because even Tucker on Harden, like, Harden's – I'd almost like – so. I don't know. I'd almost rather have Drew Holiday on Harden because Harden's the biggest threat of the guards of the of the of the two. Even if Holiday technically is the only one who can match up against Kyrie with his quickness, I'd almost rather have PJ Tucker on Kyrie and Drew Holiday on Harden, mm. Middleton on Harris, Giannis on Durant, because. Not that P.J. Tucker is going to be able to stick with Kyrie on the perimeter, but he's also not going to be he, – he can move laterally enough where he's not going to be feeding the paint to him either. So, like, if you want one of your big – one of the Nets' big three taking a bunch of perimeter sh- shots, wouldn't you want it to be Kyrie Irving over James Harden and Kevin Durant? Like – 
don't know. When Kyrie's hot, he's but a better shooter than, than Harden is. Wouldn't you rather have Kyrie taking, like, 30 shots a game than having the ball in Harden and Durant's hands, like, and just doing ISO on the perimeter? Like, if you put P.J. Tucker on him, he's going to take a lot of perimeter jump shots, probably. He's probably not going to drive to the paint too much, especially with Brooke Lopez lurking there. And, I mean... You have you have Drew Holiday, your best defender, well, locking up Harden, who's their best guard on offense, and you have Giannis on Durant. I mean, I just Tucker. Well, before, you're gonna put if you're gonna put Tucker on Harden, you're putting a guy who's not your best defender on their best offensive player, probably, or one of their two best offensive players. It's hard to decide like who's the best because. Right, so if, if Harden's more important, wouldn't you want Drew Holiday on him, the guy who's gonna, you know, I, I, there's I no perfect, there's no perfect solution, obviously. I, I think, I, think at Kyrie. All. I would rather have Kyrie beat us yeah. than have, you know, try my luck with Harden and Tucker, but he can, Kyrie okay, can. he can, but any of them can, right? And would I rather seed open jumpers yeah, and open exactly. driving lanes to James Harden or Kyrie Irving? I'd probably do it Kyrie Irving if I had to choose. Pick my poison. Like, you have to pick your poison on one of these guys regardless. You don't have Dante who can somewhat stick with him anymore. Like, you're either putting Tucker on one of Harden and Kyrie, and he's going to be barbecue chicken on one of the, those guys. Like, either way. Like, he's going to do his best, but he's not going to be, like, it's not a good matchup for him, for either of those guys. Can you put? Can you put? Jesus I agree. Can you put Brent on Kyrie. DJ <sighs> Augustine. Like, if you're putting Brent on Kyrie, you might as well put Tucker on Kyrie. Like, what the fuck? Like, it's no fucking difference. Like, <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, yeah. Fuck! Like, you're giving Kyrie anything he wants, then anyway. So, what's the fucking difference? Like. You have a, you have another guy who can isn't isn't he just switch gonna, basically if you have Tucker out there I mean if if you isn't he just gonna pull up Lopez I don't think you're gonna he's just gonna destroy Lopez well I mean Lopez it's gonna be tough either way with Lopez you're gonna have to have Lopez on the floor because I think the only way the Bucks can win this series is if they dominate with their size so it's gonna be what decides this series in my opinion to bring it all home. Is okay. Okay. One of these teams is going to have to adjust for the other. It's either going to be the Bucks being forced to go small because the Nets are just fucking light them, lighting them up on the perimeter, or it's going to be the Nets that are forced to go big because the Bucks are dominating in the paint and on both sides of the ball. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. And Jordan not have Blake Griffin play center, not have Claxton play center, like. You don't have Jeff Green. You don't even have that luxury anymore because he's hurt. So if if the Nets are forced to put out DeAndre Jordan, the Bucks have won. Like, if they're forced to go big like that, I think that that is not in the Nets' advantage. Um, and I think that the Bucks are going to out-rebound the Nets handily. I think they're going to dominate the paint protection as long as Brooke Lopez is in there. And I think they're going to dominate – paint scoring with Giannis. Like, there's nobody on the Nets who can stop Giannis or Brooke Lopez. Um, I mean, Tucker will be in front of him, but 
but Giannis will still get 30 on him. Who did you say 30, is going to be on Giannis? Still... Did you say Tucker? Tucker, Tucker okay. is going to be on Giannis. Yeah. Sorry, I'm stupid. Yeah. I'm so, yeah, no, nobody on the nest can fucking guard Giannis. Blake Griffin is going to be on Giannis. Hey, yeah, that's barbecue fucking chicken, one... boy. It's one thirty. It's one thirty yeah. in the morning, everybody. Just so you guys know, so, you guys are still listening um, to this pod. Okay. Do you have any Sorry. final thoughts on Brooklyn, Milwaukee? I've said my piece. That's it. Yeah, I think Lou Dort will be a hell of a yeah. on. Can't wait for Chris we'll Paul to uh, show what he's got against the Bucks. <laughs> no, I mean, I, the Nets are almost streaking away, like. I think if Harden has a bad series, then you guys will win. But if Harden is averaging like 25 and 14, then Katie and Kyrie can alternate having bad nights, and then I think the Nets can still win. But if Harden's getting like absolutely locked up, but then Katie and Kyrie can still get to their spots. So it may just be a thing where like, hey, like we are okay. Harden, you're going to get locked up this series, and then Katie and Kyrie are going to combine for 75, yeah. 80 every night. I don't know if that's sustainable, but. I think the Bucks um, just the Bucks have the defenders to it depends on how, slow down the Nets stars in some way. The Nets don't have the defenders. The Nets don't have the defenders to slow down the Bucks. So it's really right. a matter of how easily the Bucks will be able to score on the Nets' awful defense. Um, and I think Giannis is going to slice it up. Um, and I mean, it, it's up yeah. to Chris and Drew to have good series offensively, and Brooke Lopez to continue to dominate on the inside. I think if they can do that, um, you know, they can slow down the net stars enough to... To lose in six instead of five. Bucks, my official series prediction. Yeah. Okay, here we go. You guys have waited two hours for this. Here we go. That's it. That's the that's the tweet. That's the tweet. I think if any team could beat the Nets, it'd be. I mean, you guys, you guys are the best defensive team left in the playoffs. And they're a good offensive team too. They're number Um, one or two in the regular season. Yeah. I think they had like 176 uh, Against the offensive heat. rating. Uh, as in 180 defensive rating. That's in six? Wow. But Disgusting. I could, I could see it. I, I think I think if they're going to win, they're going to win. Like, they're going to dominate, you know? Like, I think if they're going to win, it's like, if it's a grinded out series, I, I don't mind. I don't. I don't like if, if the Bucks win the series. It's not going to be like holy fuck. It's going to be like oh, holy shit. It's going to be like a holy shit, but it's not going to be like oh my god. I can't believe it. Like I think you guys definitely have a possibility, but I think if the Nets mm-hmm. play at their peak, I feel I feel night, a lot better with you, you picking Nets for the but series. It's a it, considering your Wizards pick. Guarantee. 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 I'll be rooting a little bit for you guys just to take down the establishment, but then I don't want to do our, our, uh, our round two recap and see that, that little shitting grin, yeah. grin you always have. Like that right, well, that right there. Well, you're going to get it. So 
You're going to get it, bucko. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah. Can't wait the for the boys uh, second girls. round to start. Um, it's going to be pretty fun. That does it for this episode of the Backseat GM Podcast. You can find us around too spectacular. on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Simplecast. Um, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Backseat GM Pod. Uh, Bumble and Tinder. But yeah, thank you, Zach. We'll see you soon. Yeah.